Welcome to the show. My name is James Nielsen Watt. And in this show, we interview interesting, inspiring, and successful people so you can learn the secrets to success and can play the game of life, business, health, and happiness better. And the philosophy we take here is if I'm leveling up my game, you get to level up yours as well. So get ready to listen to some inspiring people who have figured out how to have success in all areas of life, health, happiness, wealth, business. We're gonna be interviewing them in this show so that you can learn the secrets to success that they share with practical advice that you can take and use today. So if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, please leave us a review, and please share it with your friends because if I can help you and you can help others, then we can help more people together and we can all level up our game together. Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best, can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're talking with Ian Prockner. Ian's a business leader, entrepreneur, and masterclass speaker. Uh, Ian's been building successful leaders, teams, and systems for over a decade in both private and nonprofit sectors. He's built one of the most rapidly growing organizations in the financial services sector and become one of the fastest seven-figure earners in firm history. He started his business with zero experience and has grown his team to a thousand individuals. Uh, he's also trained over 35,000 agents across the country on top of keeping his family number one priority. He and his team have sold more than a billion dollars in life insurance in just the last 12 months alone. Now his company has locations in three states and he's changing the world one relentless person at a time. Welcome to the show, Ian. It is so nice to be here. It's an honor. Super excited to have you. I'm interested to talk more about what you're doing and how you kind of got to this point. Like it's never this just straightforward journey. Oh, you did some stuff, got some results. And maybe it feels like that to you. And I've definitely said that to people before and they've gone, nah, dude, it, it was. But I'd love to know, you know, what your story is and, and what you're working on at the moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it definitely wasn't a straight line up. That's for sure. I had a lot to learn, uh, mostly because I didn't know. I, I was 22 when I started in business. I started in business by accident, really. I was in the ministry as a music director uh, I'd never been in sales, didn't know anything about business or money and finance, uh, only that I didn't have enough money left at the end of every month, right? And uh, I actually took a pay cut at the church that I was working at, and I had to go look for another side income. I was teaching music lessons, and I was singing at weddings and funerals and working at the church. And then after this pay cut, I said, I've got to do something else. I was actually going to work midnight uh, at Rite Aid, which is like a convenience store in the States for $14.55 an hour to make back a little bit of that pay cut. Actually, my boss at the church I worked at said, hey, there's this guy that goes to the church. He does this thing. You'd be good at it. You should do it part-time. And uh, I figured, well, it couldn't be any worse than you know working midnights somewhere. So I started. And what I realized is I had a large desire to change my life financially. I was tired of being broke, but I lacked a lot of the basic skills. And I didn't, I didn't have an entrepreneur's mindset. I had an employee mindset. I was a work processor. I really wasn't a work producer. And so it was a struggle for a little bit to learn some new ways of thinking, some new daily methods of operation. You know, but once I got the hang of it, got things moving, and scaled that business up pretty rapidly, and then bought into some other industries and you know, running a number of different entities now. I'm excited. I'm excited about working in the e-commerce space. We just launched a new project there that is crushing it right now and in the IP space as well. And uh, so those are my focuses right now, but 
finance business, the real estate business is, is, uh, is running and, and making a difference in a lot of people's lives. It's, it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. I always tell people for the last 15 years, I feel like I've lived five lifetimes in one. And it's just been incredible. We've been all around the world making a big impact in a lot of people's lives and making a difference. It's just been a blast. I really like how when we start to do one thing, we do really well with it. We start to realize there's all these possibilities. And we're like, man, I got all these ideas, these things I can jump into. But it requires us to have things set and working to let us pivot to the next thing, right? So tell us, like, if you, you obviously built a successful business and then you started pivoting, what allowed you to pivot into doing other things? Um, and what I'm fishing for here is 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 teams and leadership because that's something that that I definitely am working on at the moment. I know that a lot of people, others are. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Here's what I would tell you first. One of the things I always tell people, you hear that old adage, the average millionaire has seven streams of income. I think that's probably the biggest lie being perpetuated out there in the business world. They may have seven streams of income. I have seven streams of income, uh, but they don't get there with seven streams of income. They tend to get there with one stream of income that they scale Mm. and automate. That's the prerequisite. Before you start diversifying, you've got to scale income one, and then you've got to automate it. You've got to grow it and really become an expert in that field and learn that business inside and out so that you can automate. And automate basically comes from two places. It comes from technology or people. In my businesses, it's people. It's leadership. It's building layers of leaders who can run that organization, who can manage the culture of the organization, who can perpetuate its growth without your constant management. And what that does is when you develop leaders that have the heart of the organization, the heartbeat of the organization, the culture running through their veins, and you teach them not just what you value and why you value it, but you teach them how you think, how you make decisions, um, why you do certain things, then you really empower them to be able to lead in great capacities. And when you Mm. develop leaders, that's when you can have some automation. When you have automation, you can delineate your time from your income. A lot of people in a lot of industries struggle with that, right? Like they know how to make the money, but they haven't learned how to teach other people how to perpetuate those processes and those systems. And so they're in this giant rat wheel, right? They're, They're in the golden cage. The cage might be gold, but it's still a cage and they're bound to the business, right? If they're not working, the business isn't producing. And so you've got to be able to take what you know, how you do it, and why you do those things. And you've got to be able to break them down, simplify them to multiply them, and then have a medium by which you can teach people that. And when you do that, again, it does automate and it grows so that you know the financial business, we've really been pretty hands-off for eight years. And that business tripled last year. And it really had nothing to do with me personally. It was the people and the processes we put in place. And because you delineate your time from your income, what you're able to do at that point is now you can take your time and your expertise and the leadership lessons you've learned and the relationships that you've built. And then you can start deploying them in other ways with other strategies and other endeavors and really start to create some multiplication there. So for me, team building and leadership is everything. Without those teams, you really have nothing. You have nothing of value to sell to people and you have nothing that can perpetuate beyond you. When you empower... Listen, people are always our best investment. Okay, When you empower great people to lead well, 
that is where you really get some scale, some automation, and some serious freedom that buys you the capacity to start income two, income three, income four. I love that because, yeah, you hear this to back up a bit, you hear seven streams of, of income and there's this concept in healthcare of correlation and causation, right? If the if the rooster crows and the sun comes up, did it cause it cause the sun to come up? Because the rooster keeps crowing, the sun keeps coming up, which is what you know we used to believe. We would see things in correlation and go, I guess that's what's happening. But when you think about it deeper and say, let's look at it, and you are 100% correct you do not become a millionaire because you hustle and get seven jobs and do seven things. Like that makes no sense. Cause when you are, when you are spreading your focus, you can't do any one thing in particular. Well, and I see a lot of people struggle with that because they want to make more money or more impact or whatever. And so they just add stuff. And it's like, yeah. I've always found subtraction is better than addition because then you can focus in. But when we don't know what to do, cause we don't have mentors or guides or anything like that. We just think, well, I'll add another shiny object and hopefully that'll get me there. And that'll get me there. And I think that's pathologic of of the way that we kind of look at things these days in society. I don't necessarily get too deep there, but like yeah, it's faster to just go start something new than to break through the the barrier mm-hmm. that has stopped at easy wins. And now you gotta pay for the wins, right? With self-development and leadership and coaches and mentors and you know, grinding out that every inch is a mile, but that's where the real wealth is generated is beyond that point where everybody else stops, get distracted and says, I'll just go start something new where I can be quickly good at something again. Right. And uh, that's, that's, that's the difference. Like if you look at people who are ridiculously successful in anything, they have pushed through this barrier of it's, it's easy. Like it's easy to play tennis. It's not to be world champ. And so do you just keep doing the same thing for 10 years and get these microseconds of, of betterness? Or do you just give up and go to another sport and so you can have this quick reward? And I think that people do that with everything. And I think that's the, the like, people are disassociated from reality in terms of what it takes to be wealthy, rich, successful. Like I've been seeing a lot of stuff online. Uh, Bezos bought himself a, a, a yacht. You've probably seen it somewhere, oh, right? Yeah. Everyone yeah, has a crapping on him. And I'm like, okay, sure like ignoring whatever is happening in, in particular things that may or not be good or, or what looking at people who are successful. I think that we miss so much. And that is that most of us give up far too quickly and look for short wins. We look for short wins in and how we do everything, relationships, happiness, business, and it's super apparent in business. Uh, and people wonder why they can't get to that next level because it's hard. You, you, you stop getting easy wins, like you said, and you start paying for wins. And I like that. Painful ones, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's, I mean, for me, like I was that guy that was the jack of all trades and the master of none prior to being in business. And sooner or later, we've got to plant our flag and we've got to draw a line in the sand and say, this is where I'm going to stay and fight. And I'm going to mm-hmm. get out of this what I came here for. And even if that costs me temporary sacrifice, even if it costs me convenience and comfort, I've got to get to where this is going to take me Uh, when I become great and you know, the masters play in the nuances. When you have a master pianist listening to a song, there's an appreciation they have for the skill and the technique. And to a novice, it sounds like great piano music, right? And a lot of people are novices in business, but want master results and master outcomes. And that creates a lot of frustration, which causes people to get dissatisfied and look for those easy wins instead of those hard-fought victories. But the hard-fought victories 
Those are the ones that really change the game for you. They're, they're the ones that not only have the best outcome at the end, but they're the ones that are most rewarding because it costs you something like you decided that I'm not going to do what I always do and give up and go to the next thing that I think I can be good at. I'm going to buckle down here and I'm going to push through and go to a place where very few people go. But because I went there, I deserve the reward that very few people get. And that is a mentality of a champion, a champion. Coach John Wooden said this at the pinnacle of his pyramid of success is the love of the hard battle. And I just love that, James, that, that the idea of the love of the hard battle, because in every entrepreneur's journey, there comes a point where you're going to battle against yourself and your desire for comfort and complacency, especially when you start to scale, right? When you start making more money than you ever thought you could make, and you start getting some systems and some people in place, and the money's coming easier and faster than it ever came before. It's easy to want to settle. It's so tempting to want to take your foot off the gas. And that's the hard battle. The hard battle is when you go and you fight to become great, because that's what you were born to be, is great. You weren't born to be average or mediocre or good or even better than most, right? You were born to do something great. And that hard battle is in making those decisions to fight through even when you no longer need to, even when other people would tell you they think you're crazy. Why, why don't you chill a little bit? You're already winning. That's the hard battle. And it's the love of the hard battle that is the capstone of greatness, according to John Wooden. I just love that idea. I do too, because it's the growth that starts to happen in you as a person as well along the way. And I think that uh, especially when we've got people around us who don't understand success or the level that we're playing at, and we're, we're speaking to our friends and our family, and they'll often say and see things and say, you know, things are, things are going well, like, why don't you just take it easy? Why don't you chill? And that starts to now frustrate me because I'm like, I'm not doing this because of the th same reason that you think uh, I am, or even the reasons that I was before, I'm doing it because of the growth that I have, who I become, the challenges. And I definitely take what Tony Robbins says to heart around, uh, you know, you're growing or you're dying. And it's it's because for me, it's like, it's just a slow death over time because I'm not progressing and I'm, you know. Uh -huh. And so when, when, when you're thinking about this, I liken it to this concept of what got you here is not going to get you there. And I think that a lot of people don't get that. Like what you've been doing has got you here and you can keep getting to this level and a bunch of different things. And so people find to get to the next level is hard. So then they just do more of this thing because it's what they can do to get to here. But the real happiness, fulfillment, success, achievement is on the other side of hard and continuing to push. What's your advice for people who get to that point where I'm doing things, I've got to this point and it was quick and it was easy and it was working well. And now it's giving me less reward and I don't know what to do to, to change because I can't see the forest through the trees. Yeah. So you don't know what you don't know, but somebody else knows. <laughs> okay. And so if you knew what to do, you probably already have done it, right? Okay. We, we do it already. And so it is that idea that the thinking and the belief systems that have gotten us where we are will keep us where we are. If we do not change how we think and what we believe, okay, eventually we will end up right back where we are now. We've got to change those things. And the problem with self-deception is that we're the one that's deceived <laughs> and we don't know that, right? And, and we think we should be able to get different results by doing the same things, even though when we verbalize it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. 
And so you need to have somebody, a mentor, a coach, a group, somebody who can see clearly because it's really just a lack of clarity, clearly where you're going and what the next steps are to get there, what needs to change. Because many times we're so emotionally involved in that. We put so much of our blood, our sweat, our tears in it. We become emotionally addicted to who we are now and our thinking and the belief systems, our habits, our behaviors. And it's hard for us to walk away from those things because we just can't see beyond them. But there's somebody who's walked the path before. They know the curve that's coming around the corner that you don't see, but they know is there and they had to take to get there. And so you can search in the wilderness for a week, a month, a year, 10 years, or the rest of your life for that curve. Or you can find somebody that's walked there before and said, all right, what do I need to do to get from point A to point B, right? Like, we're ultimately going to become the people we hang around with, the books that we read, and learning from other people's experience. And I mean, it's incredible. You can take somebody's entire life who's done what you wanted to do, and you can boil down the things they learned in their life into 10 or 20 hours on a book or a mentoring session, and you can save a lifetime worth of time getting there. So that's all. Whenever I'm stuck, okay, and I've been stuck along the way many times. I always look for somebody who is further down the road who can tell me what they had to do and probably what I'm going to have to do to get to where I want to go. When we're looking at things from our our perspective, it's like having filters on. You can only see what your glasses let you see. And a lot of us think that that's how things are until you take off that filter. It's like wearing a red filter. Everything looks red until you change it. And I think that the first thing is, yeah, looking and have self-reflection and saying, what are the filters that I'm viewing the world through? And what are the, like, I don't, if I don't have the UV filter, I'm never going to see the UV light. So I need to go out there and, 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 and have discussions and, and, and be mentored and find out what other filters are there. Because if you've never heard of UV light, you've never heard of a UV filter, how do you know that that's not what you need to actually see the next path? Like bee, this is a weird analogy, right? But like bees and stuff, when they look at a flower, we see a yellow flower. They see these arrows that point into the center because the, the plants know that, you know, whether they know that they want people like us to go and actually plant them. So there's lots of plants and then they want the bees to actually go in there and get the thing. It's worked out that way. And yeah. I think that it's the same thing with with success and mentoring is, is, is you don't know what you don't know. So let me ask you this then. Why is it not just about you know, another strategy, another tactic. Maybe there's another way of marketing or another way of selling or another person that I can throw at a problem. Many, many times, many, many times, it's not about something new. It's about doing what we already know with another level of commitment, another level of focus, another level of drive, right? Sometimes it's not something new. Sometimes it's something old, done more. So you're talking about um, commitment to to more of the stuff that we already know is working and just doing it from a better mindset, right? You've got to do it from this place of, like I I teach in a book that I wrote, in a a success equation almost, okay? And it's amplitude times precision times time equals results. And so on amplitude, amplitude is, you know, how big are you doing something? If you're you're running three appointments a week, even though you might be highly skilled, which would be your precision, and you've done it for 10 years, which is enough time to have gotten some compounding, you're simply not running enough volume through your system to get to maybe where you want to go, right? And so so sometimes it's not something new. Sometimes it's not somebody new. Sometimes it's taken that level of amplitude up to the next place where it actually hits that equation marker and you get your critical mass 
and you make something happen. It's, it's like water boiling, right? Water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit. At 211, all you have is hot water. At 212, you run a steam engine. Okay, you do all sorts of stuff with it. And what's interesting is to get water to 211, you're going to be heating it. You're going to be putting energy under it. You could put energy under it for all of eternity, and it will never get to where it needs to go because there's a critical mass at 212 that's got to be hit. And as soon as it's hit, that's when the magic happens. And in business, that's what happens a lot of times. So many times people are just so close and they feel like, man, I'm putting out the effort that I think I need, right? But listen, you don't get to decide what amount of effort success takes. It decides what amount of effort it takes. And you've got to find that level of effort and that level of energy. And then you got to get it up there and sustain it there with your skill sets, which is precision, for a long enough period of time to let that compound out, right? And when you have the right amount of activity with the right skill set over the, the long enough period of time for compounding, that's where you get some pretty magical results. So sometimes it's just about recommitting at a deeper level, finding that next gear, throwing it in and letting it rip at a totally different level of activity, of energy, of focus, of drive, of enthusiasm, of attitude. And sometimes that's enough to break through. Is there a feedback loop with this or is there an element of faith in terms of knowing that you should keep going with the thing and the way that you're doing it versus realizing that, hey, I'm down a rabbit hole that I can't get out of and I, I need to reverse? Yeah, that is a good, good question. And I believe there are feedback loops, okay? But feedback loops can be a little bit dangerous. So, so in this book, I talked about T-bar, which is thoughts become beliefs, become actions, become results. And ultimately, our results are the byproduct of our thinking and our belief systems and what actions we took because of them, right? The problem with that idea is the feedback loop always looks right, which is why most people stay stuck, right? They have a limiting belief around money, let's say, right? Like, uh, you know, making money is hard. And because they believe that, they never bother to learn about different ways to make money or learn from people who've made money. And so they have a struggle making money. And then they say, aha, I was right. <laughs> making money is hard. But it was only hard because they thought it was hard, didn't take action to get better. And so it still was hard. And then that result reinforces the thinking that created it, right? Okay. And so that's uh, dangerous because that always looks right. <laughs> no matter whether our thinking is right or wrong, it always will beget itself. And so our feedback loop always looks correct, even when it's not correct. So there are feedback loops, but you've got to have feedback loops with standards. That's the key, with standards. And standards can be other people in your industry that have broken that loop, right? Okay. And so you can look and say, you know, is it just insanity to keep doing the same thing over and over and just expecting one day I'm going to break through? Well, do you have examples of people who have broken through doing what you're doing? Okay. What is their feedback on that idea? And if there is a potential to do that, then let's make some tweaks and go back at it, right? The, the problem with it is if you don't have a standard and you're only judging yourself by yourself, you always look to be right. And that doesn't give you very much information. You need an outside source to be able to say, hey, listen, what you are doing is right. You just need a little bit more time or you just need a little bit more skill or you just need a little bit more effort. Or somebody to say, hey, listen, you can do that forever. It's just not going to work. And I know because I've succeeded at this area and I know that what you're doing doesn't work. And we and, need and some of that outside feedback sometimes because we always look right to ourselves. 
you don't know what you don't know and you can only see what your glasses let you see, right? 100%. So with that though, people will immediately say, well, you know, what I'm doing is different. It's new. It's this thing. My belief is that most of us are not actually doing anything new. We're not creating a Facebook. We're not creating an Airbnb, an Uber, right? An Amazon. We're doing something within somewhere that somebody is already achieving some stuff. And that's why looking at people who have who've achieved something the same as you or similar, and I think maybe letting go of this idea of being too fancy and too fringe and too unique can be good for most of us when we're actually in the same container as them. We're just looking at the wall saying, there's no one else here. It's only me because we're not sure. bothered to turn around. And ultimately, James, like business is business at some point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's analogous structure. Okay. You're probably not going to be violating basic principles of business and succeeding in business. Like no matter what you do, right? like, like the, it's, so there is nothing new under the sun. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's revenue in minus expenses out equals profit. How are we generating the revenue? What is our expense base? Those things are different, right? But no matter what you're doing that looks new, it is analogous in some way to some model or some idea that's already there. And so even if it is cutting edge and new, there's still structures like think about Facebook. Facebook is a giant community. So it's new. It was new then, right? Online, but you could probably study churches. You could probably study other movements that built communities of people and figure out what makes people stay, what makes people leave, what keeps people engaged, what rewards them. You probably look at casinos and other things that keep people coming back over and over. So even though this is something new, it is built of something old. And can we, study right. those pieces? can we study those pieces and understand the principles that we have to operate by. The principles never change. The methods always change. And if we can, if we can satisfy the principle, old principles with new methods, we will create success in that endeavor. I love that. I love that. Cause that's what he did with Facebook. And I don't want to say his name because my ad account will probably get banned somehow. Um, <laughs> Is because, um, right, that's what he did is he looked at it and said, what do people want? What do they care about? And he just put it in the platform and said, here you go. And then people just did the thing. And he just was kind of guiding it in this direction, giving people what they want. It's a new way to create community that we've been Mm. creating for 5,000 years of recorded human history. Mm. Yeah, 100%. When you talked about growing your companies and pushing past that certain friction point, Inevitably, it comes back to to people, right? You can go a certain distance with yourself and you can go quickly, but you can't get to the next level without having people because it requires collaboration. It requires people to extend beyond yourself. Uh, Too many people throw people at problems, I feel. It's like, I don't know how to do this, so I'm just going to get a person and do it. And you're either overpaying for what you really need if you had created some better systems, or you've got a person there who's now just trying to figure it out and they don't necessarily know and it's never really going to work. What's your advice for someone who's feeling that friction, feeling like they need to build build a team, but isn't knowing necessarily where to start uh, or has brought in some people and it's kind of like they're the wrong people and I'm just kind of throwing people at problems and I'm realizing that that's what I'm doing? Yeah, yeah. Hire for culture and train for skill 100% of the time, right? So, so you need to have people that fit your organization that can carry that heartbeat because ultimately like do you want people that solve problems and then go away or do you want leaders who multiply your business and multiply your vision okay people are very very fluid in the skills they can learn like i've got a guy right now who who's sort of my utility player in a number of my businesses 
He oversees a couple of different entities. And he didn't know almost any of the things I needed him to know. But he was the right guy because he had a lot of heart and a willingness to learn and a lot of work ethic. And he loved the vision. He loved the vision and the idea. And so I've spent a lot of time and money training him on some of these skills. And he's become extremely valuable to me over that period of time. So hire people for for culture, people that can grow with you and go where you want to go. Okay. And then train them for skill. And if you need to have somebody in on a consulting basis, like I need something now, I don't have time to train this, then you're going to have to pay a consultant, but you better have somebody in there learning from that person, right? So that we can duplicate that on our own, but internally. I'm a big pusher of developing people internally and finding great people and developing them into what I need them to do because of who I need them to be. Does that make sense? I'm looking for who I need them to be first and what I need them to do second. And and developing people is always your best return because they are really, really loyal to you because they, they built that with you and because you empowered them to grow and because you invested in their life and they own, they're not hirelings. They own the vision and they own it because that's where they grew up. It's like mm-hmm. your hometown. Like no matter where you go in life, you always identify with that place that formed you. And I want to be that place for people. I want to be that place for people because A, many people never leave their hometown and that's okay. And they can do great. They can become the mayor. They could become the chief of police. They could become the student body president. They can do a bunch of really cool things in their hometown. And that's great. But for the people who leave their hometown and soar, I still want to be a part of that and be a part of their life. And I hope that one day they look back and say, hey, this guy helped me get there. And I think whether they stay or they go and do something beyond that, I think there's a reward in developing those people internally. I, I think that's uh, that's powerful. And, and even just having that perspective is going to make it better and easier in your organization when you are bringing people in because you're not bringing them in with the scarcity mindset. Because a lot of people worry about, well, if I train them, I spend all this time and effort and then they leave. And as a mentor once said to me, it's like, well, what if they stay and they're untrained oh. and they're crap? <laughs> yeah. That's more expensive. Yeah. yeah. I'm loving what you're saying with this because this is, this is, I'm in a situation at the moment in my own business where I'm looking at who I have in there and I'm finding that there's maybe a bit much turnover. Maybe I'm not really investing in the people because I worry about production uh, and, and ROI versus looking at it as a longer term play. And I, I, you know, when you know something, but you're not doing it, so you don't really know it. And it's like my future self is telling me, yeah, but James, what you'll learn is that you needed to do that to get to that next stage. And that's kind of this, this vision I'm having from the conversation with you is that yeah, hiring for culture and commitment is the most important thing because skills can be taught. Uh, obviously, there is an there is an element of if, if they just have no skills and can't be taught anything, but we're probably not hiring those people. Um, yeah. It's like... And for people that have the aptitude, okay, not necessarily the knowledge base. I could mm-hmm. do this with the right training and effort, but I don't necessarily know it now. And that's if you have time to develop that person. If you don't, then you bring in a consultant and you put that person working there with them and they glean as much as they possibly can from it. But you know, one of the things that's, that I think people fail at so much and why there's so much turnover in, in businesses, people, they treat people like members and it's business to them. And you got to build a relationship with your people. You got to know what they want. 
what they want, what are their goals, what are their dreams? And you've got to help them see how they can get that with you, right? And when you know what they want and you know how they're motivated and you know what they're working towards, then you can clearly articulate, not just articulate, but then match that with your compensation, match that with your company culture. If you can help them figure out what they want, what they need, and show them how they're going to be able to get that working with you and getting to where you're, you want them to be, they'll stay forever. They'll stay forever because people want to go somewhere where they're valued and where people know them and they're treated well and they're not just like a disposable thing. And you know, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it's an investment. Sometimes you get burned and you put time and effort into people that leave or take your stuff and go somewhere else. And that's just part of the deal, right? But you got to treat people good and you got to invest in them and you got to get to know them and you got to understand what motivates them. And when you do that, you really... You become a leader. Until you do that, you're a boss. And nobody wants a boss. Everybody wants a leader. Somebody that can take them in their life, a place they weren't able to get to before. That's what leaders do. This is so good. There's a lot of reflection going on with what you're saying and I'm loving it. I'm looking at my organization and thinking, yeah, there's some certain areas there that I need to lean more heavily into. There's certain areas that we're doing well and it's kind of it's just brought it together for me uh, in ways that I hadn't thought about. I'm conscious of your time. Uh, where can our audience connect with you online? Where can they get a copy of your book? So online, you can follow me uh, on Instagram uh, at Ian Pruckner. Just beware. There's a, at any given time, like three to 10 people catfishing me. <laughs> so uh, make sure, look through the pile of people that claim to be me and find the guy with the most followers and the most posts. That's me. Okay. So follow me on there. Send me a DM. I'd love to connect with you. However, I can help you. Uh, that's within the realm of my ability to help you. I'd love to. Uh, you can pick up the book on Amazon or Target or Walmart or Barnes and Noble, wherever you, you get books electronically, I guess, these days. And uh, the book is called Byproduct, B uh, Y P R O D U C T, Byproduct, like what you got when you mix two things together. And uh, I'd encourage you to get it, to read through it. It is a, a masterclass in the human mind and in human motivation and, and how to change how to change our thinking and our beliefs. Easier said than done, right? And this book is how do I do that? How do I change? How do I go from making $27,000 a year to making $27,000 a week to some days making $27,000 an hour? How do, you, how do you do that? What were the thinking and the belief systems that needed to change and how do you change them? And that's what it's about. Amazing. I'm definitely going to pick up a copy myself. Thank you so much for coming on the show, dude. I really appreciate you today. It was awesome. Uh, I wish you all the best. James, thank you so much. It's been an honor and uh, I wish continued success to everybody listening right now and uh, keep going after what you want in your life. Because if you don't go after it, you're never going to have it. Keep pushing through and you will get there eventually. Appreciate you, dude. Take it easy. Thanks, James. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Everything shared will be in the description of the episode so you can go and grab that. Now, if you enjoyed the show and you want to listen to more, please subscribe because every week we're releasing new episodes with inspiring people, successful people, so you can level up your game. So subscribe and also leave us a review. We'd love to hear feedback about the show and your thoughts and opinions there as well. Now, if you want to have more success, whether it's in your life, whether it's in your business, we run live trainings every single week where you can get access to me to coach you through everything from health, wealth, success, business. We're doing topics on all things that you need to live 
a better, more inspired and successful life. Live trainings every single week. Just visit jamesnielsenwatt.com forward slash live and you can get access to that now. There's also a ton of resources that you get for just listening to the show. All of that will be in the description. So if you are watching this on YouTube, check the description. If you're listening to this episode, check the description. We've got a load of resources there for you to have more success in your life, whether it's relationships, investing, or in business. I'll see you on the next episode. And as always, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends because there's somebody else that needs to be hearing this and maybe you're their opportunity to help them level up their game.